Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Campfire Conversation Podcast. I'm your host, Cole Kelly. Having worked in the summer camp industry for the past two decades, I'm convinced that summer camp professionals have a unique view on kids and young adults. I am certain that the stories that they've earned by working with and alongside thousands of kids and staff members from literally all over the world can be useful to parents, teachers, coaches, and mentors back home. So each week, I spend some time around the digital campfire with the leaders and thinkers of the summer camp world. We share stories, we laugh, we learn together, which really, when you think about it, is what we've been doing around campfires for as long as campfires have been around. So I hope that you'll spend the next few minutes around this digital campfire with me to see how you can take some of the magic and fun of summer camp and apply it to your life back home. This Campfire Conversation podcast is brought to you by our friends at Scope, who send hundreds of children from financially disadvantaged families to summer camp each year. Kate and I have supported Scope since our first summer in camping 17 years ago, and I am thrilled that they're supportive of this podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this week's Campfire Conversation. I am so happy to have my friends Roz and Jed Buck sitting around the campfire with me tonight. Theirs is a camp fairy tale totally come true. Meeting at camp for the first time as teenage counselors, going on to marry and working in the real world, quote unquote, while they raised two great kids, they always wanted to get back into camping full time. Then, after many years of searching, it happened. They were able to finally purchase Meadowbrook Day Camp in New Jersey, which they wound up running from 2004 to 2016. I've learned a lot from spending time with Roz and Jed over the last several years, and I know we'll all learn a little bit more from them tonight. So I hope you enjoy tonight's conversation. Jed and Roz Buck, welcome to the campfire. Thank you. We're happy to be here. I'm happy to have you guys here. Um, so before we kind of jump into the the meat of things here, you know, you two have such a an interesting story. You know, I know started at camp, went away from camp, came back to camp. Could you tell us a little bit about, you know, your camp experiences and, and life coming up and how you met and, and you know, how you got sure. to where you are now? Sure, absolutely. Well, we we go way back in our, our roots in camping, actually. We met when we were going into our senior year of high school. We were working together at a camp as counselors. Jed was a lifeguard. I was a group counselor. Uh, so at the at the very beginning of our camp careers, and that's how we met by the side of the pool, and uh, <laughs> we and we uh, we worked at camp throughout high school and college, uh, and that's that's really where it all started and where our passion for camp started. And actually, we both attended camp as kids too. Mm-hmm. So um, for each of us, it started even before that. But together, it started working at camp together as staff and then we took it from there got it and um, then we after we were done working we actually did a, other things with youth together as well we were junior achievement advisors together in cincinnati we were youth group advisors as we had kids of our own i coached a lot of youth sports mm-hmm. and then about 20 years ago we were each working for someone else Roz in the camp industry and me in the radio industry and uh, we decided that our passion really was camping, and we wanted to follow that. And so we set out to make that happen. And it took about five years, and then we were able to purchase our own camp, Meadowbrook Day Camp in New Jersey, that we then ran together for 13 years. Wow. You know, it's funny. I hear a lot of people say, you know, gosh, I, I would love to own a camp. I really want to own a camp. You know, and it's, it's you know, it took you guys five years, you know, to find something. That, 
it doesn't seem to be a very easy process. Yeah, and I, and I think that it actually points to one of the key skills that's learned at camp, which is perseverance. Mm. And, yeah, we talk to a lot of people also say, oh, I'd love to own a camp, or I'm trying to find my own camp. And then six or 12 or 18 months later, they're gone. And it doesn't just happen overnight. We went to conferences year after year. We networked with people. We spoke with people. And, you know, part of that five years was managing the transaction. We had actually met the folks who we bought it from probably three years in. Uh, and then it took a year for them to decide that they wanted to do it. And then from that point, it took another, you know, nine months or so before the lawyers and the banks, you know, got all their stuff together. But it, it's perseverance, just like we teach at camp. Yep. Oh, there, there are so many situations like that, whether you're seeing a kid trying to get up a climbing wall or, or get up on stage for the first time you know, or whatever it may be, being able to come back home and say, I was able to do that after you know, 14, 15 iterations, it, you did it. And the power you get from that is just, it was just awesome. Yeah, it's that setting the intention, setting the goals, and then actually being resilient enough to keep on going every time you fall down or every time you don't you don't think you're going to get there. And believe me, in this four or five years that we were looking for a camp, there were moments where we thought to ourselves, is this ever going to happen? Or we, you know, we're not finding it. It's not. And we just kept pushing towards it and, uh, and uh, got there. And it was a great thing. That's awesome. Well, it, through that process, you know, you're, you're obviously, you're raising your own children. How did, how does your camp experience, how did that affect or change or, or, or influence how you parented, you know, not only your children, but, but also working, you know, with kids kind of around, you know, your, your kids' friends as they grew up? I think actually we would have been better parents if our kids were born later in our camp life cycle because we learned so much <laughs> running camp that eventually we did apply to raising our own kids, but not from the outset. Because when we bought our camp, our daughter was a freshman in high school. Mm. Our son was in fifth grade. Mm -hmm. So they were a little bit on the older side. Um, and so, like Jed said, there, there are things that, as we look back, we were like, wow, look what we've learned. Look what we've experienced as camp directors. And now we may have done some things a little bit differently as younger parents if we knew then what we know now. And I feel, and sometimes I feel like when we have conversations with parents and when we would have conversations with our campers' parents and share what we knew from our camp director experience and also very, um, in a very humanizing way, what we knew as parents, you know, really putting it to them that we're not just camp directors, but we're parents too. Mm -hmm. And here, here how we went through some of these kinds of experiences. I think that really helped mm -hmm. uh, to be a parent and a camp director and to have gone through our own challenges. We all have challenges with our children, and it helps parents to know that even the camp director does. Yeah. Well, it's funny, you know, we, we came at this kind of a, a, in a very different light. You know, you all had, you know, a grown child already. Once you got into camping, when Kate and I got into camping, we, we had no children. We had just gotten married. Uh, and I remember going into parents' homes and they said, oh, so what do you do with your, in, at your camp? You know, I'm a 27-year-old camp director. And I said, oh, you know, I direct the camp. So, oh, you know, do you have children? 
And I said, well, we've, you know, we've got 250 a session. I kind of laughed a little bit. She goes, oh, you have no idea. And I was like, oh, no, no, I, I get it. And then all of a sudden you have your first child. It's like, oh, my gosh, I had no idea. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. so the amount of learning is incredible. So thinking back on, on what you all learned, what would you have done differently? You know, how would that have impacted uh, you as an, having early or young children? It's an, in, it's an interesting question. So I will tell you that to a degree, I think because we had grown up going to camp and worked in camp, there were things that we, so let me step back a second. We always tell our staff, being a counselor will make you a better parent someday. And so I think that there were things that we learned in our years growing as counselors that did help us to do things the right way with our children without necessarily even knowing it. Uh, but, I, but I think that, and so I do think we gave our children the ability to uh, be independent and to make mistakes and see the consequences of them and how you pick yourself up from that. I uh, probably would have done even a little bit more of that, uh, maybe would have focused on it more. I think some of it happened just naturally because that's the kind of parents that we are. We just allowed our kids to experience things and to see, yeah, you get defeated sometimes, but you pick yourself up and you keep on going. And, yeah, you're not always the one who gets picked to, to play first on the team and you might have to wait, uh, you know, several years in your high school hockey career before you get to be uh, in that front line. But you get there if you wait and you play it out and you're part of the team and you're, you're resilient and you persevere. Uh, so I think some of that we definitely did give to them and some of that came from our experience. But we probably would have intentionally done even more of it had we known in our really known from our camp experience as directors, what a benefit it is to kids. Yeah, yeah, we're all in such a rush, you know, for our kids to go ahead and you know be the best or or be at the top rather than going through the process. Instead of thinking about the journey, we're we're all a little bit too mo- too focused on the destination, um, where they learn so much through that process. The other thing, too, that, you know, I, I see with parents, and I, and I know we did our share of it when our kids were younger, too, is the sort of paving the way for them. You know, we talk about the lawnmower parents that kind of makes it easy for their children so they don't have obstacles. And while I don't think we overdid that with our kids, I think that, had, again, had we known then what we know now, we would have even more intentionally made sure we weren't making it too easy and paving the way too much for them. Uh, we probably stopped paving the way a little later than we would have if we knew earlier. Would you agree, Chad? I think so. But I don't think we did a lot of paving. So. No, not a whole <laughs> lot. Not a whole lot. I see a whole lot of parents that do a lot more of that, and we, and we try to try to guide them a little bit, uh, you know, about how that will impact their child later on and, and what they can do to help their child now that will help them even more later. Mm-hmm. Well, I know one of the things that y'all did so well, because I know a number of the families that have come up through Meadowbrook, the, the camp that you all owned and ran for, for, you said, I think 13 years. What are some of the things in y'all's experience that camp draws out in kids or instills in kids? I 
think that um, one of the, I think there's a lot of things. I think one of them is it's a very safe environment and it allows them to be themselves and to a certain extent reinvent themselves mm. from who they are at home or at school. Mm-hmm. Particularly kids who grow up in the same place who don't move around a lot. When you move around from, from you know, school to school, town to town, based on your life situation, you can reinvent yourself a lot. But when you, you spend your life growing up in one town, however you are when you were younger, I don't know what that number is, five, six, seven, eight years old, mm-hmm. that kind of becomes who you are forever mm. in, in that town. And it's hard to reinvent yourself. Some people get to reinvent themselves when they go off to college, but I think campers get to reinvent themselves when they go off to camp. And we've seen it with our campers, we've seen it with our staff, that at camp they're a very different person than they are at school and they have different relationships. And it's a safer environment, it's a more forgiving environment, uh, it's more of a family environment, and that really then begins to shape who they are and who they become to a certain extent when they go back to school and then even more so as they grow up. That's uh, it's so important. And that's one of the cool things is when you see that happen and then you hear from parents or even if, if it's a staff member, we'll hear from the staff how it impacted them, either themselves or their child, when it comes from a parent during the summer, and then they watched it continue into the school year and really change and shift who they were moving forward from there. And we've heard that from as little as kindergarten and first graders all the way to, uh, you know, because we were day camp, so we had young children. And sometimes, you know, a parent who thought that, they're entering kindergartner was going to have such a hard time going to school and separating and dealing with all of that. And then they came to camp for the first time, and it was like a whole new world when kindergarten started, and they actually were comfortable doing it and saw that they could go into that classroom and, and do it. And, and we've seen it at all age levels and, as Jed said, with staff who totally reinvented who they were, uh, over time. Their friends, they tell us, their friends say, what happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a camp thing. You wouldn't understand. So <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. I had no idea that, you know, kids, cause you know, my, my boys grew up at camp, so they, they always had that, but the idea of, of having a hard time going into school like that they've done it they've done it all summer long and they've had a lot of fun doing it so i guess that really does open up a a number of doors how how do you think parents how can they kind of help keep that transformation going that growth that trajectory going for the kids coming off of camp and back into the school world i think that some of it is to uh keep exposing their children to new experiences uh whether it's trying new activities, Um, you know, maybe they're joining a swim team or they're doing soccer for the first time or dance or whatever it is, something new and different where they're exposed a little bit to the stepping outside their comfort zone because that happens a lot at camp. Mm -hmm. As we know, uh, children experience activities and social situations that they've never done before at camp. And they work through it, and they see that they can be successful. And so a parent can continue that for their child 
by giving them those unique different opportunities and places to try new things, even when it is in summer. And as children get comfortable with this idea of trying something new, stepping outside my comfort zone, this is shaping who they will be as they continue to grow. Because I, I like to say, life begins at the edge of your comfort zone. I heard that years and years ago. I think in an exercise class I was in, and it really was true for me right then and there. Time through in life that there are so many different points. Whether first you go to elementary school, then middle school, then high school, then you go off to college, then you start different jobs all throughout your career and meet new people all the time. The skills that we develop young to be able to do those things take us through life, and they start at camp. I think the other thing that parents can do is I think that there is a tremendous pressure on kids today to not fail at anything. Mm -hmm. I think much, much, not all, certainly, but I think some of that is coming from their parents. Mm -hmm. That they're, especially in the social media world, you know, they want their parents, they want their kids to be a certain way. It has to look a certain way on Facebook or on Instagram. And you can't fail at anything. And I think that that pressure is stopping kids from taking safe risks. Yeah. And I emphasize the word safe in there, mm -hmm. but you need to be able to take safe risks where you might fail. And if you fail, that's okay. Um, you know, again, you're, I, I, I've yet to met somebody, yet to meet somebody who didn't get into Harvard because they failed their third grade spelling test. Um, <laughs> but, but you would think that that third-grade spelling test in certain households, you would think that that third-grade spelling test is going to make a difference on the college admission. Mm -hmm. And I think that we need to let kids try things, like Rod said, and try things without feeling this incredible risk or pressure of, I can't fail. Because if you always have the attitude that you can't fail, you're never going to try anything hard. Right. Yep. And then if you don't try something hard, you're not going to get better. You know, there's a, you know, back to, to Ross's point, you know, I think that, is it Mandela, Nelson Mandela said something like, he, he never loses. He only, either he either wins or he learns. And that's some of the things that we've talked a lot with our kids is that, you know, you have to go out there and you have to learn. You have to get better. And I think that there's, there's a great book on that subject, with, uh, uh, The Blessings of a Skin Knee by Wendy Vogel, um, you know, talks uh, just to that point. I think if that's one book. You know, if, if there was one book I said that everybody should read as parents, that's that's probably it. And then I think she had a follow-up book, Lessons of a B-plus or a C-minus or something like that. Right. Along the line. Huh. And there's a, there's a saying that I heard a coach say years ago when our son was playing sports. Um, he said, sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. Yep. Yep. That, and I that's it. said a really good point that, there's a lot to be there's a lot to be learned from losing in in many different ways, mm -hmm. and that's okay. Sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. Yep. Learning is a great. And that book is the blessing of a B minus. Okay, awesome. All right, well, great. I'll put that up on the show notes because that's that's a good one. Um, I know as as day camp people, y'all worked with you know a huge staff. I know you had young people, but I, I imagine you also had a whole bunch of, of teachers and coaches that spent the summers with you guys as well, didn't you? Yes, we did. Up, up through um, second career teachers who are in their 30s and 40s who are changing careers, 
and uh, retirees yeah. and second career folks who, re- who actually retired um, from positions at 50 or 55 at 60 and then did this for a second career. So we had staff of all ages and backgrounds. Wow. How, how did the camp affect them? You know, I'm just trying to think of, you know, when we work with our, our staff members, they go back, most of our people are college people. We have a couple of teachers and coaches, you know, but you guys had a lot of people that continue to work with kids. How do you think working with kids in the camp environment changed how they worked with kids in the classroom or on the fields or in the art spaces back home? Uh, I think tremendously, and I also think it just changed. I think that the impact that, as we talk about the impact camp has on kids, it can have that same impact on adults, too. We had a, uh, a teacher working for us who I guess is in his early 50s who uh, was not enjoying his current teaching situation. And we talked about it about this time last year, last, last spring or so. And uh, based on his experience at camp, he left his teaching position and uh, took a risk and took on an administrative position. He was at a private school, and he moved to a different private school, took on an administrative position in a school that was much more, a much better culture fit for him. We talk about culture all the time at camp. And he learned, at camp, he learned the importance of culture and cultural fit. So he moved to a school that he felt was a better cultural fit for him. And, and in an administrative role uh, with some risk associated with it. And... He will say to me, to this day, every time I see him, he will say to me, it was because of camp that I was able to make that move. Camp encouraged me to do that. I never would have done that without camp. And this was, he could probably work for us, or I guess for about three years when he made that move. So it, it impacts everybody. I think at the ground level teacher, for, you know, for, for, for the ground level teacher, mm-hmm. I think that for the most part, there are exceptions to every rule, but for the most part, teachers became teachers because they want to have a positive impact on kids. Yep. And they're, in far too many instances, they're fighting the system to be able to do that. And I think camp gives those teachers the, the energy and the enthusiasm and some tools and some motivation to go back to their classrooms and take the things that we do at camp and apply them to their classrooms. We've been fortunate that in our work training staff, we've had uh, several teachers who have gone back to their schools and then brought us in to help work with their students to do the things in the schools that we do at camp. Mm -hmm. And we have a, a particular middle school we work with who's got a terrific principal who says, you know, we're all focused on character development at schools, but we don't need to focus on character development. We need to focus on leadership. And we work with them on leadership because that is a huge thing that teachers learn at camp and coaches learn at camp that they learn to be leaders. And they understand the importance of it, and we can take that back and hopefully help young students to become leaders, middle school and high school students to start to become leaders and good leaders because that's what we need. We need more of We need more good leaders. You know, there's also this, this focus for the teachers, as Jed said, 
they go into it because they want to make a difference. That's their, their ideal is we want to make a difference, just like at camp. And then what ends up happening is there's so much focus on the academics and on testing and on making sure that the kids hit certain levels and they have to teach everything they have to for the test. And so they don't have time to do necessarily as much of the character and leadership and culture kind of development as they might like to. And so I think for these teachers, working at camp gives them this balance of now they're, they're, they spend their summer focused on the life skills, on the things that make a difference for their campers in, in their life skills that they're developing as opposed to the academic skills. And then, as Jed said, they can take some of that back and figure out how to salt and pepper it into what they need to do academically, but do it with more of the life skills in mind. Mm -hmm. They'll even ask us, I'll get, at the end of the summer, I would get emails all the time from teachers, can you send me that activity that we did at orientation <laughs> or that thing that we did? Because they want to bring these different, we do a lot of experiential kinds of activities to convey messages. And they want to bring that into their classrooms, which I think is awesome. Yeah, one of our proudest moments, we got a, an email from one of our longtime staff members who is in Australia, uh, and she's a teacher during her year at Australia, and she comes to us for her winter uh, and gets a break somehow off of the, the, the classes there, but goes back into the classrooms and does a lot of the stuff, the traditions that we have done at camp for her classroom. Uh, you know, I think she has fourth or fifth grade kids, and they just loved it, you know, because it wasn't just the academics. She was trying to see them more as the whole person. And I know there's enormous demands on our teachers to, to hit certain metrics. I, I understand that. And I think that is an enormous challenge for them. You know, but the idea of being able to see the kid kind of in that more holistic light and make it more interesting and fun, you know, it seems like it would create better outcomes, you know, down the road for them. Absolutely. And, and we all have seen there's so much research to that now, right? There's so much discussion about life skills and 21st century skills, and it's, it's so important. Awesome. Well, I, I know we're, we're bumping up on time here. I, just, I have two more questions for you guys, and I think the, the biggest one is this. You know, from your experience of, of running camps, owning camps, uh, you know, now training, you know, leaders, what are some of the best parts of camp that, that we can somehow bring home and, and put into our homes, into our classrooms, and our sports fields, and our art spaces? Uh, I think it's a lot of the things that we spoke about. I think it's allowing kids to be kids. A lot of the uh, innocence of childhood has been ripped away through traditional media as well as social media and emerging media. I think we need to let kids be kids. I think we need to give kids confidence. I think we need to give them room to explore, room to try new things, room to fail. I think we need to give them encouragement to step outside their comfort zone, encouragement to persevere, encouragement to try new things. Um, I think we... I think that covers and, it. And, and I would also add to that, to add to that, I would say... I think that as camps, one of the things that we try to do and that I believe is so important for all of us to do is to create an intentional culture, to truly create a culture that is based on strong core values, because if we create that in our camp environment, 
then our and if it's a truly a strong culture that the leaders model and it's an authentic culture that the campers see their counselors, their camp directors, everyone living by, they begin to live by that and they take that home with them. And that's the part, the taking the culture home, taking the core values that I've developed a camp home and now living those in my house and living those at school and living those with my friends. Uh, I ran into a camp family not long ago and it was we were in a store and the, and the mother was with the kids and they had to wait for something and it was young kids and they were waiting so patiently and we had this culture of tiger at our camp um, and, and each letter of tiger was a different core value. And so the mother said to me, aren't they just seeing such wonderful tigers? I'm so proud of that. <laughs> that said, yes, they are. They are truly tiger campers. And so this parent who took the camp culture and clearly lived it in her house and in her daily life with her kids and used it to their benefit as a family to really grow those core values. And it made me feel incredibly good that we uh. had that kind of on a family. That's amazing. Uh, that that's a special moment. I know. Um, so I know y'all are no longer you know truly involved with Meadowbrook. What are you guys doing now, and, and how can can people find you? So we help other camps and youth organizations and small businesses and not for profits make a difference in their world. So we speak at a lot of conferences. Right now is actually conference season. We just got back from North Carolina, and we turn around and go to Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and Chicago next week. Uh, so we speak at conferences. We do staff training for individual camps, both their leadership teams during the year as well as their general staff leading up to the summer. We do summer program evaluations, and it all really comes down to one core value for us, which is helping people make a difference because when you work at camp, you have the ability to make a huge difference in the lives of youth. And I use the word youth because even with respect to our staff, we always talk about developing our staff as part of youth development, even as they get older. So we spend our time helping others help make that difference. And it's, we've gone from what we did at Meadowbrook where we dropped a boulder in the sand and we had a huge impact on those folks who were under the boulder, um, but that's where that impact ended. So now we're tossing pebbles and lakes all over the country where that impact that we have is spreading to camps all over the place as we train their staff, uh, both through their leaders and directly leading up to summer. Awesome. Well, I, I know the, the camp world and, and really anybody who's working you know, with kids would certainly benefit from y'all's experience and knowledge. I mean, it's just, it's so much fun to be able to talk with you guys and, and go from there. So uh, online, where, where should people find you guys if they're looking? Really tough. <laughs> <laughs> Was it, is it rosandjet.com, something like that? Got it. All we, right. We were always Roz and Jed. We were Roz and Jed at camp, and we're Roz and Jed as, as traders and consultants. It's who we are. <laughs> awesome. Sounds good. Well, y'all, thank you so much for joining me around the campfire. It's It's been a great discussion. I've learned a lot. I'm sure everybody else have as well. And um, I wish you guys the best of luck going through conference season and, and as we move into the summer. Thanks. Thanks.
Thank you so much. We appreciate that. Thanks, Cole. Well, that's it for this evening. Unfortunately, it's time to pack up the s'mores, douse the fire, and head on back to it. But I'm so happy that Roz and Jed were able to join us around the campfire tonight. As always, I continue to learn a lot from them. And a lot of things that they talked about really hit home for me, especially this idea that we have to create a culture for our families and for our classrooms and for our teams and for our really anywhere we're working with people and to base that culture on very specific and intentionally set core values. You know, things like allowing our kids to fail safely, of course, but allowing them to fail is so important simply because, as Ross said, their life will begin and expand at the edge of their comfort zone. And I think that's true for really all of us. So thanks for being around the campfire with us tonight. I appreciate you being here. I hope you'll come back again. And next time, please bring some friends. You know, we have a big campfire circle and we're open to, to everybody who wants to join in. As always, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and also Facebook by simply typing in Campfire Conversation. So that's it for this week. Thanks so much for joining us. and Have a grateful week ahead. This Campfire Conversation podcast is brought to you by our friends at Scope, who send hundreds of children from financially disadvantaged families to summer camp each year. Kate and I have supported Scope since our first summer in camping 17 years ago, and I am thrilled that they are supportive of this podcast. Scope stands for Summer Camp Opportunities Promote Education. They provide children from underserved communities with life-changing opportunities through the experience of summer camp. Scope campers benefit from a positive, safe, and healthy environment led by excellent role models who help them develop to their full potential. We both believe that summer camp reinforces what children learn in school and enhances overall academic learning. If you would like to help give some wonderful children a life-changing experience, I hope you'll join me in supporting Scope. You can find them online at scopeusa.org and on social media at supportscope.